This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 96. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellow one awkward party moment at a time. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm with Ron Richards. Goodfella? Goodfella. Did I say Goodfella? <laughs> yeah, you yes, said Goodfella. <laughs> Pretty emphatically, too. <laughs> yeah, Goodfella Minute. That's what it is now. He's a good fella. 
<laughs> and Connor Kilpatrick. I think in his head, Ron, he's doing the show by himself. I think so. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I don't even like. I don't even know. I'm like. I'm just every part of my body went. I would never do that. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I would do that. This minute starts with Jimmy repeating purchasing instructions, <laughs> and it ends with Stacks preparing a beverage. You know, we've we've been gone for a whole weekend, and Johnny Roast Beef is still in trouble. It's the, the dressing down of Johnny Rose Beef. This has been like, I feel like this has been going on for weeks. Yeah. Oh, man. Jimmy doesn't let up. I, yeah. I do feel like that. I was like, oh, boy, this is still happening, huh? Yeah. Well, I think a theme for this week is going to be that while Jimmy should be very happy to have been part of the biggest heist in American history, asterisk, but he, in fact, is now under a tremendous amount of stress because of it. Yeah. I think we all know what that is. You get a promotion. Yep. All of a sudden, oh, I thought I would be living the high life in the executive washroom. Uh, but instead, more money, more problems. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but we do see Johnny. We see the moment that Johnny roast beef relents. Yeah. All right. There, there, All right. There's about four seconds where he's standing there with his mouth agape. Yes, just staring. And he's. And and it, he, that, that's the best use of the word agape I've ever <laughs> appropriate. Like well, yes. If you go if you go back yeah if you go back and look at uh at at, at minute. <laughs> <laughs> and minute 96 seconds five through eight you'll see uh johnny roast beef agape thinking about it. and it's that moment it's that pivotal moment in everyone's life where after they've been dressed down by whatever authority figure is above them where you decide am i gonna keep on pushing or am i just gonna give up and you see the moment of giving up in johnny roast beef's face all right let's go. you know i'm sorry no matter how much loves that car it's going back yep and in a minute you're going to see uh, you're going to see how Frankie Carbone can read the signals a lot faster. Well, oh, before we get to him, I know, I know, I'm, I'm teasing. There's a wonderful awkward shot of everyone within earshot of the bar watching yes. this happen. That shot is Even, great. I mean, just down the line, Karen, Mickey, Jimmy's wife, Eliana uh, Douglas reappearing, and 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 Tommy. <laughs> and Plus, like, in the background, you got Tommy averts his eyes. Yes. In the background, you have Frenchie too. Yep, Frenchie in a turtleneck, I believe. Well, it's the seventies. Yeah, Party. I know. But still, but uh, yeah, no. But Josh, great point is that. Oh no, he's not in a turtleneck. He just turned. Um, when when Tommy looks concerned and is silent, <laughs> right? Let's look at let's look at that as the barometer here. You know, like when Tommy is is like, oh shit, this is an awkward moment. Like, wow. Well, Tommy will beat you to death with his shoe, but he is very concerned about social mores. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and at least Johnny Roast Beef and his new wife get to stay at the party and, and try to enjoy themselves. Unlike and, Carbone. And so now, well, yeah, which we'll get to. But now do you think, let's let's play this out. I mean, this is the, everyone's arriving. It's the beginning of the party. Now, Johnny spends the next, what, four or five hours avoiding Jimmy, right? Right. You just, you don't, do not engage again at all. No eye contact. Yeah, you are on the you are on the shit list, my friend. You kind of every time somebody opens the door, you want he wants to be sure. Make, like he doesn't want because the car is right there. The car is right there. He didn't move so the car. So anytime anybody opens the door, he's looking over to see if if Jimmy's looking towards the direction of the door. Right. Or someone comes in and goes, "Who's pink Cadillac?" This is great. And, he's like, oh, and he's like, "Oh, be quiet. No, no." <laughs> I saw that pink Cadillac from down the road. What a car! <laughs> I saw Dino. a couple of cops looking at it, firing it. Dino might. <laughs> Oh, the owner of a pink Cadillac, please. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Why did we park there? Uh, we would have shown off. You would have opened the door and he would have shown off. There's a, a carton of shrimp on the trunk. So, <laughs> but the best part of the minute is is Frankie Carbone walking into the bus. Well, well, wait, wait. Before, again, I have to delay Carbone, but no, we're, is, yeah. we're, we're missing over. So Johnny walks away and Jimmy says, uh... He turns to Henry and says, oh. 
fat fuck, you ought to wear a sign. <laughs> Which I He's feel turn like the knife a little bit. Seems might, a little mean. might be one of the harshest things as, as an overweight gentleman. <laughs> because I understand he's saying he ought to wear a sign like, hey, I just robbed a lot of money from the airport. That's the sign he meant. But the fat fuck. You ought to wear a sign, because then you just picture John, sad sack Johnny Roast Beef wearing a sign, and it doesn't matter what the sign says. It's fat fuck. Yeah, that's my... <laughs> yeah. Oh, this, is a, this is a pre-political correctness. Uh, exactly, insult. yeah. I wanted, so my, my note was, saying what? Fat fuck. It just says fat fuck? No, no, the sign says that I just stole a lot of money. That's what he's saying. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, and fat fuck ought to wear a sign saying, I just, I, I robbed Lutansa. Like, that's what, that's what, that's what Jimmy's saying. Um, oh, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. But you can't help but picture Johnny Rusby wearing a sign that says fat fuck. We're like, like honestly, like, you could see a guy who looks just like Johnny Rusby with that look on his face at any given Dunkin' Donuts in Queens. It's not. Like, that guy is ubiquitous. Yeah. Oh, God, I feel bad for Johnny Rusby. Okay, anyway, so now Frankie Carbone makes his grand entrance. It's great because he's he sort of struts in with his wife and then with the twenty thousand dollar mink coat and just walks right into the buzzsaw into it and <laughs> and then for just a second Mrs Carbone or yeah it's yeah, yeah. Mrs. Carbone. like she thinks that Jimmy's helping her off with her I watched oh well, he's very nice uh, yeah, well, at yeah. first he says excuse me excuse and he and she has a face that says oh this lovely gentleman is take it off take it off <laughs> and then you see the moment when she realizes oh this isn't politeness yeah. Well, well, what's funny is that this actually this is a great week for Frankie Carbone. By the way, I want yes. I want our our, our daily well, list, our daily listeners to know that you're gonna get a lot of good Carbone moments. And this this scene makes me realize that I would really like someone to cut this movie down to just the Frankie Carbone scenes. Because I think that would that be must his. exist. <laughs> the, I want to do the Carbone, Carbone cut. The Carbone cut exactly. <laughs> Because they're great. Because and that's the thing is that so, so so Frankie Carbone's wife she saunters in. She is not yeah. not only yeah. is she wearing this mink coat, but she is showing it off. Well, she's wearing a peacock through the yeah. party. Yeah, all exactly. People, have all the other wives be jealous of like, her. Did you, did you see that little maneuver she makes when she walks in the door, where she pulls the collar up and does the little kind of dance? Like, yeah. oh yeah. Well, to 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 foreshadow a moment that's coming up, they're wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> They've got their money. They're wearing it. <laughs> So you see Henry behind them when this is going on, and we, we talked about this a little with Tommy. And, and again, I am, I am continually trying to read what it is that Ray Liotta is projecting here. And there's like a little, that sort of open mouth kind of surprise, and I just think, is, is, he try, is Henry embarrassed by this? Is it awkward for him, or oh, is he it's, just like, it's third or is he just it's, watching? It's third-party embarrassment. It's, it's what Henry's is doing, what, what Ray Liotta's doing, which, by the way, can we, for a moment... Uh, Henry's collar is extremely long. <laughs> like, like, like it is a very long, fancy collar. I just want to point that point. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Look how long that, that collar goes. Whoa. Like that, down to his that chest. That is like five, six inches. Yeah, it's really I long. I didn't even know such a collar could exist. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's mythical. But he, Ray Liotta is doing the the head the, his head tilted forward l- angle look. It's almost like he's waiting. To see if he should do anything for Jimmy, though. That's, yes, yeah. And then the other thing, I does he know now? Like, is this moment, does he know, oh, these guys are dead? No. No, no. No. Okay. No. 
I think I think well, I think this is the first exposure to the unhinging of Jimmy, and I think it, part of it is that I mean he's Jimmy's guy, and he didn't screw up, and so he's kind of looking down on the other guys because like oh I can't believe they did this, and now I've got to go th- you know I've got to sit through another one of these moments you know. Um, I, see, I know. I think I, well, what I think is interesting about Ray Liotta this whole way through is that what he's doing we are projecting a ton of shit on. Yeah. <laughs> Because we can't, I can't tell you. Like, a lot of times, like, I'm like, is he a bad liar? Is he a good liar? Is he embarrassed here? Does he does he want Jimmy to stop, or is he, or is he embarrassed for the guys, or or what is it? It could be a lot of things going on. Yeah, no, and it's it's great. And then so that led to my next question. So is Jimmy really mad about this thing, or is he acting out because he already knows he wants to kill all of them? No, he's mad about this thing. He's mad about this specific thing, because Mm. this is this is the this is the problem. Is that which he said he said in we talked about on Friday's minute is that everyone's looking at us you know we got all the bulls outside you know whatever is like you don't want to cause any you know attention and i i don't think he knows that he needs to kill everyone yet and does he no i don't think he does i don't okay. think he does i don't i don't think he does i think i think this is where the par- the paranoia streak is it's is, so soon after it's like what was it, yeah. it was 3 days after we said yeah. last week yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, th- this is this is the thing that you couldn't have anticipated. That you would think, okay, we did this amazing heist. Now this is how we're supposed to behave, and no one is behaving. Like, can mm-hmm. you believe these guys? These are like, it's 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 the. It's, it's almost the, like he's working with uneducated criminals. Exactly, <laughs> it's the frustration of having to correct your employees time and time mm-hmm. again on the same thing, and, yeah. and and that's gonna lead to finally, well, fuck them. You know, I, I need to insulate myself, and so I need to kill them. You know, but yeah. Um, whoa, I will whoa, say, whoa, 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 whoa. What? We don't know that yet. Yeah, we don't so, know that. Yeah. I will it? say that we had a question before whether Jimmy's instructions were not clear. Right. Or or if they were and the others weren't listening. And what I have decided by watching Jimmy make his point here is that he's very good at communicating his point, and I put the fault with the lower employees. Yes. Agreed. Oh, yeah. These guys are not – we're going to get to this later in the week. Yeah. These guys yeah. are not smart. Well, Yeah, I, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, th- and this is the other thing that, that I was wondering about um, – you know, which we know they've got impulse problems. Yeah, because well, because that's the thing is like have have they gotten their cuts yet? Clearly, like, like well, I don't well, know. I mean, like like I I would honestly I would believe maybe not. Like if you think that I did this great thing and I've I've got this piece coming to me, the 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 wise non impulsive man waits until the bird is in the hand. Whereas the well, other, how do you well, how how does someone without any credit buy something without having the money in hand? Well, they probably they probably have like a, a stack of money, but they yeah. don't necessarily. Well, well these guys we, we know from the, watching this movie, these guys blow through the money as soon as they get it. Yes and no, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, They're all broke when they go to yeah. prison. Yeah. I mean, how does he buy a twenty thousand dollar mint coat without twenty thousand dollars? Well, we don't know it's a twenty thousand dollar mint coat. Well, I don't, I don't know ten thousand dollars mint mint coat. Five thousand dollars. I don't know what the going rate on mint coats were in nineteen seventy eight, but. Um, I'm sure quite expensive. Could, I'm sure we could. It's probably pretty expensive, but uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I just I wonder if these are like in advance purchases because they know that they're doing well and they're flaunting it or whatever. You know, who I've knows? done that. Who knows? And like, is that the thing? Like Johnny Roast Beef, in all in his defense, it was a wedding present. You know, right. like it's you know, like his well, it's, mo- it's his, registered to his mother, right? And and his mother got it for. He said, "My, you know, it's 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 a wedding present." You know, like so. Well, regardless, Jimmy's yeah. right. It's still a bad move. Yeah. You know, true. It just is. Although, so uh, you know how they get money. They they know they know people, so they go ahead. They're gonna they they think, oh, my money's coming in now. It's a sure thing. I'm gonna go borrow money from sure. loan whatever sharks. loan yeah. shark or whatever, yeah. and I'm gonna be able to pay it back before the vig gets me. Yeah, that's where they get money. I yeah. think I think that's what's happening. Um. Well, either way, let's not let's let's let not let this distract us from uh. The you can tell when Carbone is flustered 
when his Italian devolves to English, not the other way around. Well, I, so this week I spent I spent more time than normal trying to decipher. If, for example, if there was the carbon cut, the guy who has to do the closed caption for that is in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. Because I have no idea what he says here, other than at the very end, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Are, those, are those the only words we ever understand from him? No, there's an, well, later this week we're going to discuss it a little more. There's the bulwog, but that's later. Yeah. Um, well, this, yeah, I, but rec- I recognize he's cursing in Italian. There's some, there's some, I mean, I can't do it exactly because yeah. it's mumbling, but the, the, the noises I've heard before in my childhood. Yeah. Well, yeah. the other thing that's happening here is that, is that as he's doing that, I realized the music is really loud. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's not. It's not a bed under it. It's it's competing with the dialogue at the same time, which uh, really stood out to me in this minute. I mean, it felt like we're. I was like, oh, we're in a party. That's right. That's actually what's happening. So we're almost hearing it at, like somebody else sitting at the bar. Well, I feel yeah, and I feel like the the music, at least in this scene, the transition from uh, the previous song with Frosty the Snowman, it's louder. Yeah, it, 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 they brought the music up to transition to the party and away from this kind of thing, you know, and, and, uh-huh. and understanding that we're just hearing mumbling and that sort of thing. That so so the song that does fade in is also from Phil Spector's A Christmas Gift From You, which came out in 1963. It is the cl- the classic Christmas Baby Please Come Home, uh, recorded by Darlene Love, uh, written by Jeff Barry, Ellie Greenwich, and Phil Spector. Um, this was actually originally intended for Ronnie Spector of the Ronettes to sing, but when she tried to sing it, she couldn't put enough emotion into it, and so they, they switched it over to Darlene Love, who sang sang the hell out of this song. Is this your favorite Christmas song? Um, this is, it's definitely up there. It's definitely top five. Actually, it's the number one Christmas song, according to Rolling Stone, uh, Rolling Stone magazine, when they did their list of Christmas songs, um, particularly because of the, the emotion that Darlene put, Darlene Love put it in. I like it a lot because that, that night, the, a Christmas gift for you record, while amazing from a production standpoint, um, this song stands out because it is a completely brand new, you know, original composition by Phil Spector and, and Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich. And the whole uh, Phil Spector's motivation for it was they're doing this collection of Christmas songs, but they want to add to the add to the library. Like they don't want to. And it's be, a, you know, it's a rocker. I mean, yeah, like yeah. out of all the, the Christmas music, like this one, you, you're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been covered by a ton of rock bands. Like, it's a it's a peppy it's a peppy number. Yeah, you know, it's it's been covered by Mariah Carey. It was covered by U two. It's covered by Death Cab for Cutie. I mean, like, you know, Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, it's one of those that 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 is covered because it's such a rocker and so good. But what I love about it is that it's a contemporary. Like Phil Spector approached it as if it was just any other song and added, you know, and made a classic. I think that you don't see that. When was the last time you heard a new Christmas song? You know, like, um, which I think is really, really fascinating for it. Also, interesting trivia, uh, in addition to the Wrecking Crew, the, the musicians playing on the song, uh, on percussion on the song is uh, Sonny Bono, mm. so, oh. of, of Sonny and Cher fame before. Well, they were like six drummers. <sighs> yeah, yeah, but he was one of them, so. Uh, yeah, love the song, great song, so. Um, just to finish up the, the, the Carbonism, uh, you know, we'd, we'd mentioned it took Johnny Rose Beef a long time to come around. Uh, instantly, we saw that if uh, Carbone had to decide between his wife and Jimmy, his wife's dead. Yeah. Oh, of course. He just was like, okay, 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 shut the fuck up. Carbone. And, and, and shows her out the door. I, I, yeah. I wrote down, she must, you know, for her, it must be a hard life because, you know, he's, he's not afraid even in public in front to, amongst his friends to manhandle her. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now the, the other question, though, is do they come back? No. No, he slammed the door. Yeah, there was no, no need for that. I mean, like, is he just gonna put? Is he gonna put the the coat in the in the in the car and then come back to the party, or he literally has to, as Jimmy say, take it back? He's gone. I don't care where you got it. Take it back. Wait, he's gone. 
He's not coming back to the party. Oh, it's sad to miss the Christmas party. So I really like the Merry Christmas sign on the door. As that's all, as he walks, slams the door and leaves, yeah. and this is the contrast of, well, Merry Christmas to you too, mother. Shut the yep. fuck up. So, Mrs. Carbone is played by Marie Michaels, and she's only had three credits to her acting name, and this was the final one. Oh wow! Maybe 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 Frank did kill her on the when they walked oh, nice. outside. She's the one at the at the hostess party where she said that woman is no angel. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did, she was so happy to be out of the house with all those animals. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to go back to the beginning of our our program to understand more about Angelo Seppi. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, Stax is looking pretty good for a heroin addict. Oh. <laughs> He's got the is nice- he a heroin addict in this? Well, they never show it, but in real life he was. So yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, but he's got a pretty lady with him. He's pouring some another probably creme de menthe into what? Well, I, was, I tried to figure out what drink it was, and I went online and actually found a very spirited discussion. Oh really? About what the drink could be. Um, creme de menthe was an option. Uh, a uh, an absinthe based drink was an option. It's uh, the, so that's the same discussion that we found. Or, or related to the one that we were talking about, the green liquor before Henry went into prison, and it wouldn't have been absinthe. And also, it's also not the right color. Yes, absinthe is green. Absinthe, no, it's not that kind of green. Absinthe is green, but it wouldn't have been. It's very, there's various shades of absinthe. In 1978, it? it wouldn't be there. I mean, it's. It, I mean, it's. And also, those guys. That's they're not going to drink absinthe. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's not. That's not that. That's not their thing. I mean, what what I think is interesting is is the pouring the creme de menthe into something in like that looks like a wine glass into stemware. Yeah, you know, I wonder. I mean, it's you know, there there are many many drinks that uh, you are the only contemporary friend I must have in the world who would use the word stemware. I hate stemware. I hate it. That's an that. amazing usage of a word. You hate I hate the mean, usage, or you hate the actual glass. I hate the actual glass. Well, no, I'm, I'm okay with I'm okay with a wine glass. I really don't like a, like a martini glass. Like whenever I get a cocktail that's that comes up, I ask to put it on the rocks because I don't want because I spill. You want spills. you want a man's drink. I want a man's drink. Yeah, I don't want to be holding a, a, a martini glass like like I'm on Sex in the City. And yet you continually order fruity drinks. Yeah, I know. It's it's really it's a tough life. <laughs> I, I can't pull the James Bond thing. I just can't do it. He hides him in a highball glass. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, so the fun fact is that the average lifespan of a mink is 10 years. Oh, okay. But the coat, longer. Coat, coat is forever. Yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. I'm looking at, a, I'm looking at a, a, a listing of drinks that feature creme de menthe. And I'm going to guess this is a, he's making a Santa shot since it is Christmas. And uh, and it is creme de menthe, grenadine, and peppermint schnapps. No, that sounds. See, that sounds like the kind of crap they drink. Yeah, but <laughs> that, that doesn't look like that's what that was. It's a like lot. A it's, it's not. It's not a shot. Yeah, it's not a shot. Yeah, it could be a Southampton slam, which is creme de menthe, club soda, and anisette. What about a Singapore sling? It could be a Singapore sling. That doesn't have. That's not my I, don't, I just always like saying the Singapore. Yeah, sling. That, that doesn't have creme de menthe. It could be now. Here's a drink up my alley: uh, a thin mint, <laughs> ba- Bailey's Irish cream, chocolate liqueur, cream, chocolate liqueur, and green and green creme de menthe. So, so you get drunk and diabetes at the same time. <laughs> Bring it on. Okay. Drunk abetus. Drunk abetus. Drunk abetus. There are a lot of drinks that use creme de menthe. Seventy one in this on this right here. So. All right. Do we have anything else for this minute? Fuck count is four. Angry Jimmy. All right, did you and you counted, and you counted, uh, yeah, yeah, Carbone yeah. had. It's, well, it's you, hard you to pick out. You asked me if I'm doing my my job as a professional. Listen, listen, listen. So, he's 
Oh, I'll just cut all the fucks? (laughs) You might have said another fuck. You might have had an Italian fuck in there. We don't know. I didn't count the Italian fucks. That's That's right. You're right. You got me there. Good job. (laughs) Trust us. That's going to do it for 96. You can listen tomorrow to 97. Until then, you can check us out on Twitter at Goodfellas Min or on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellas Minute. And you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. If you'd like to support this show, you can go to uh, GoodfellasMinute.com slash support. And you can find a link to Amazon there. You can also find uh, Patreon there. Or you can go directly to Patreon.com slash GFM. Uh, if you like what you're hearing and you, uh, you want to show us your appreciation in terms of dollars. Um, I said that creepy. If you have any questions, uh, things you want to ask, things you want to say... Want to talk to us about creme de menthe and what you can do with it? You can go to you can send us an email contact at goodfellasminute.com. Um, and that will do for the day. We will see you tomorrow and take it back. Take it back. I don't, I don't care where you got it. Take it back. Bring it back. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.